welcome to the It's a Movement podcast. I'm Paula, aka Queen P. I'm Jane, but this Jane ain't plain. And I'm the Sissieko Lola. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome back to the It's a Movement podcast. As per usual, you're joined by myself, Jane and Paula. Today we'll be talking about, I'm sure you're going to guess, the Meghan Markle and Prince Harry interview. Um, we've actually previously had a blog and post about the trolling of Meghan Markle. So um, we've basically, in our opinion, sort of forecasted um, how this might end um, with a relentless, um, you know, tirade against um, Meghan. And now that's actually extended to Harry as well. Anyway, so... Everyone probably did watch the interview, but just want to double check. Um, did everybody watch the Meghan Markle interview? Yeah. I watched only an hour of it. I didn't watch the rest of it, um, but I, mm. I feel like I've heard enough um, talk about it to know everything. <laughs> I've got so many opinions on this thing, so I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched it, well. me and my dad watched it together. Um, and the one that I saw on ITV, it was one hour, 50 minutes. So I think Basically. we watched that after Tom Jane. Because um, it's meant to be like two hours, isn't it? But they cut it like 10 minutes shorter. Mm. What did they cut? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a bit suspicious. The US as well has um, actually seen more because I think the original interview was about four hours and the US, I think, got about three hours worth of the interview um, that was circulated, whereas we got one hour, 50 so I think let's just recap on the two main um, comments, which I was really flabbergasted by, not because I was surprised that it happened, but just to hear it from their mouths that it did actually happen, because I never thought that they'd actually speak so openly about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anybody else has got any other standout moments from the interview, please feel free to add them on after I've finished. But the first thing that I was really flabbergasted that Megan and Harry were so transparent about is um, the fact that there were conversations about um, how dark um, Archie may potentially be. And mm-hmm. um, Thing that I was confronted by is um, the fact that Megan um, had been suicidal. Um, yeah, I think those two bits for me. The thing is that the um, dark, how dark the baby was going to be. That it wasn't as much of a surprise for me because I had already seen certain things on social media. But I was very surprised by the fact that she said um, that she didn't receive any help reg- regarding like saying that she didn't want to live. But I'm just going to go ahead and talk about the skin color thing to start with because I've had a few conversations with different people um and I had that whole thing about like basically someone was saying yeah like because you know um I've had something similar like one of my cousins said what's your baby gonna look like this person wasn't black but they were um oh how am I not surprised (laughs) right they were Asian yeah Mm-hmm. Um, and they're with someone who is white um, and then some, they said to me oh like yeah like because you know one of my cousins said oh I wonder what your baby's going to look like is it going to be this colour or whatever and I was like well do you know what after watching the interview um, I understand you know that people have these conversations about what their baby's going to look like but we have to just you know factor in a few mm-hmm. things first and foremost um, they said like you said Lola there was concern it's not like, oh, wondering, oh, what's the baby going to look like? So there was concern, not about, oh, the baby's, what the baby will look like or the baby's um, skin tone, but how dark the baby was going to be. They didn't mm. say, oh, like, is it going to look mixed race? or whatever. Like, they were concerned about how dark the baby was going to be and what effect that would have. Like, that is clearly a racial thing. And mm. secondly, 
we can't forget about all the, the other factors surrounding it. So for firstly, the guy, um, he's not going to be a prince. And like, they've got justifications for that. Like uh, all these people saying, oh yeah, he's not meant to be all whatever. Cool. If that's your just if that's your justification, fine. Um, but then also the removal of security. Hello, it's not an isolated incident. There, there were several things here. Like we can't pretend that this isn't a race thing. I just, for me, like I just obviously have these conversations, and I'm not gonna like bombard anyone with my opinions. But I just have to laugh in my head and think this is the reason why like you know the UK gets away with racism basically because there's all these people out here justifying stupidity when it's plain as day and people coming up with all sorts of explanations and conspiracies like oh yeah well they're just saying that because you know back in the day they had this and that and because of this it's, it's this and actually Megan's planning um this whole thing that like she reviewed how Diana was behaving and so now she wants to do the same thing to like deceive us and I'm thinking all of these explanations are more complicated than the fact that it happened. Like, I just don't get why it's so hard to believe that it's happened, but you believe that she's um, she's conspiring against people or whatever. Like, ugh. anyway, I just feel like I'm going off. But for me, it's very clearly racist. Um, yeah, and also just to touch on what you mentioned about um, Archie not being a prince. So I've seen that as well been twisted. Harry and very much aware that Archie's not in line for the throne because Harry's not in line for the throne. So it was never about Archie becoming a prince. Every member of the royal family has a formal title. So for instance, they're the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Mm -hmm. But Archie didn't even have a title. That's what it was. It wasn't about Archie becoming a prince because I've seen, you know, different things been shared around about how, of course, you know, Archie's not going to be a prince. And I don't know if people didn't watch the interview, but there was no mention of Archie becoming a prince. So I just mm -hmm. want to clarify. Yeah. Um, I think one thing I've noticed from this interview is how people will literally twist, will compress, will do anything to something that's been said to make it fit into what they believe. Mm -hmm. So I suppose you could say that for both sides. But for instance, that very clear comment about there being concerned about how dark someone's skin is going to be has somehow been twisted to, oh, it was just a general conversation about what a baby's going to look like. So, you know, th there was the whole Black Lives Matter period and people saying that they're an ally. And then this comes out and it's like, oh, but, 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 mm -hmm. this is what was meant or da, 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 da. And it's like, no, even if you don't believe them, because that's everyone's going to have different opinions on this interview, even if you don't believe what they've said. I'd prefer if you were like, do you know what? I don't think there were any conversations about um, Archie's skin colour. I don't know what they're talking about. But mm -hmm. instead of um, trying to make out that the conversation that was had was just an innocent one, to me reinforced what my fear is about the UK, which is it will never face up and it's always in a point of denial. And it's mm -hmm. It does. And basically, they'll make you feel like you're delusional. And I think this is why it's so important that as Black people, we continue to have the conversations with each other. Because if you're on your own, you'll be thinking, oh, maybe I am just overreacting to it. But I think everything you said is spot on. Like, the UK are very good at gaslighting what's happening. Because for me, even also watching interviews after, like, the whole Piers Morgan nonsense, um, the lady on Loose Woman saying, oh, it's, it was casual. Casual, racism. yeah. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, yeah. All of that, for me, I just... It, it blows my mind how people just speak so passionately about the nonsense they've got in their heads. I'm sorry to say this, yeah, but for me, like when I was watching that piercing, I was thinking, 
you don't understand. Like this woman is saying that this is her experience and you're saying that she's lying. How can you know that this is her personal experience? And I said, it's like um, telling a man as a pregnant woman that this is what I'm going through. And he's saying, no, you're not going through that. How would you know? You will never experience this. You can never know. Like, and you're, you're telling me like, with confidence and fully that no, you're lying. That's not what that's not what it meant. That's not how you felt. Do you know how stupid that is? Mm, I think um as you guys have said, obviously, I think it touches on the context of white supremacy and like that superiority complex that some the white society um subconsciously or consciously have. And in that way is how it translates into how they then are racist or approach racism topics so taking like Piers Morgan for example it's that whole thing of him being like well I don't believe what she's saying because this is how I experience things so it's almost like if and it goes on to like also touch on how black people are never treated as an individual but as a monolith so you know that interview with Dr Charlotte in Piers Morgan and the other I can never remember the other woman's name um, that works with Pierce Morgan, and then they brought in the um that um black is black like the Fijian guy. So they brought him in, and he was like, "Well, I've like met the royal family, and they were really nice to me." And for me, I thought that was one of the most stupid things for anyone to say because you cannot say that your relationship with someone is going to set precedent for how another person's relationship is going to be. Secondly, your relationship in the context of how it's formed is also very different from Megan's relationship with the royal family. She is married into that family. She's going to experience them in a whole different level than you, who's just there for an award and for tea. Like, you're going to experience them so differently to how she and like honestly I'm glad that you haven't had a negative I'm not going to say you should experience it for yourself because I wouldn't wish racism on anybody however that doesn't negate or alleviate somebody else's experience and I think it's always so dangerous when we fall victim to being used to gaslight another person another black person and what I was saying about how like it touches on the whole like white supremacy I think sometimes I understand of white supremacy is like that whole thing that happened in America or like people holding that um, other flag of America and we say okay that's white supremacy but I think white supremacy is the need to be right the need to mm-hmm. be like validate your actions rather than just understand that you've caused offence so it's that whole thing that's like when one black person let me use this example of like an experience at work there's a black oh my god there's lady at work and I remember in conversation, she was like, why do you call me black when the color of my skin is brown? So she was basically saying, like, she do, she will refer to herself as a brown person and not as a black person. Okay, this is her, this is her conversation, this is what she wants. They then came to me and they were like, well, so-and-so said that she doesn't want to be referred to as black, she's rather brown. And in that moment, I was like, why are you coming to me? She's an individual that has made this request just follow what she said you then come to me to be like okay so if i then was like oh i don't care just call me black you can then use me as a reason to validate your speed validate what you're doing which is clearly offending somebody and ignore that the person has expressly told you that they don't want this like the british public now rather than just hear what megan is saying and be like this is my experience this is what was wrong with it or this is what was right with it they're then trying to find how every other person would have related to it to then determine if mm-hmm. it's worth listening to 
with her, I would just be like, that's yeah. so weird. Like, she's an individual with her indiv- individual experience. Just leave it at that. Don't try and compare it to every other Black person relationship with the real family to determine if Megan is right. See, I just think that's very foolish because it's like, that's just a, but it was based on obviously the stuff that he had personally experienced although he didn't say it that's based on you having this experience you don't think it's a racist institution but anyone asking that question obviously you are not really doing your history because let's be honest was it not the royal family um that was going out and you know leading the charge when it came to colonizing different countries so is that is that something that's not racist hello like we're talking about the institution here like People don't want it. They just want to see what they want to see. They don't want to look at the full picture here. So the same question to that guy. Okay, cool. You don't think it's a racist institution. So when they were going out colonising countries, is is that not racist? Or when they were getting black people as slaves and sending them to the Caribbean islands, is that not racist? What's that then? So people's um, counter-arguments to that is, you know, the the monarchy leads the commonwealth and you know they're always doing different engagements with all these different countries countries hello that's what the commonwealth flipping is they just changed the name like you said people see what they see and i think there is this real aversion to saying anything negative about the royal family and i suppose it's different to other people but i have no sense of loyalty no sense of admiration the royal family to me is a non-factor in a sense. It's not something that has any meaning to me. <clears throat> but I think for many in this country, they actually really respect the monarchy. They see it as a pillar of the community and they see them as beyond reproach. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why they're so angry about this and they can't believe that Meghan and Harry would dare to speak out and, you know, mm-hmm. Prince Philip is dying in hospital. But I think because I can actually take a step back from this and I'm not so... Emotionally attached. <laughs> Yeah, I don't feel attachment whatsoever. So I think I'm almost seeing this in a completely different view. But imagine if there was something that you were really passionate about and then someone was saying bad things about it. You would almost be close to hearing it. Mm. Personally, so because he can't separate the two, he's then not um, allow- He's not allowing himself to see what the problem is at hand. So a lot of what Megan's issue actually are, when I listen to the interview, is more against UK press and the firm. It's what they refer to. Yeah. So it's not so much as she's calling out the royal family as being like horrible or whatever. She's saying the UK press and the firm were not as protective of them as she felt they should be. Take for example, um, that whole um news about her eating avocado being linked yeah. to like human rights, whatever. She made me laugh. You know, <laughs> you gotta make jokes out of these situations because even though you die, where she was like, "Well, that was a loaded piece of toast," which I thought was really funny. Um, but she mm-hmm. ate an avocado it was linked to like human rights and world extinction or whatever the news headline was then and when Kate like ate an avocado was like you know this is so great and whatever but also mm-hmm. another thing that I found really funny was so you know there was that whole concept of Megan making Kate cry mm-hmm. and then Megan was like actually it was the other way around so mm-hmm. now that Megan has come forward and been like actually I did make her cry Kate made me cry the news is now like they're not denying that Kate made her cry but what they're now saying is like yeah but when Kate came to apologize to Megan um Megan slammed the door in her face so for me oh my god honestly so I was like okay so you guys knew it was a lie when the news printed that Megan made Kate cry but nobody corrected the news you didn't and now you have the audacity to then come and be like okay but when she came to apologize she slammed the door in her face 
So my issue is, I think Megan is trying to say something. You guys know the truth, but you do nothing about mm -hmm. it. And you allow forces to be perpetrated about me. And you do nothing about it. But when the news about Prince William came about him cheating about on his wife with her best friend, did you see how quickly that left the news? It's true. It vanished. It vanished. It um, literally like disappeared. Mm. And we all know the, the media in itself is something that is very much bigoted um, and has its own agenda. And I think we, that was a topic for a completely different day. We've had our event about the representation of black people in the media. Yeah. Um, but to take it back to this interview and the royal family itself, why do you think the royal family is seen as a pillar of the community? And wh why do you think, based on polls, I looked at um, some research that had been done, Harry and Meghan's popularity has majorly dipped. Williams has also gone down though, which was interesting. But the Queen's has stayed the same. Kate's has stayed the same as well. Because people like Harry. So everyone kind of loves Harry. And I guess, like, this is why people keep saying, oh, Meghan's, like, manipulated Harry. Meghan's um, the one that's made him do all this stuff. Like, as if he doesn't have a mind of his own. Yeah. But um, I think that's why maybe it's gone down. Because, obviously, they love Harry. And although... And also, in that interview, he basically said he's not talking to his brother at the moment. Because I personally mm. would be happy to William as well. Yeah. I think Harry has always. Been... I actually suspect it was William that potentially made that comment, but obviously I have no evidence. But it's just a hunch. Yeah, I think Harry has always been a lot more relatable, just from the news, like what I've seen of Harry. He's always been a lot more relatable than William um, has ever been, in terms of like what yeah. of media like representation. But I also feel like I don't know. There's something off about William. <laughs> okay. Let me rephrase. There's something about him that does not allow him. He seemed very um, cool. Is that the word? Mm. Whereas Harry is like a lad. Like I could go have a drink at the pub with Harry from yeah. from how he comes across through the media. Mm. Whereas like if I met Prince Williams, I don't think I'd be as jovial or as free mm. around him. I'm because he's next he's in line to be the king so obviously they train them to be a certain way and I actually think that's why he's like that like Harry's mm -hmm. he's got his own issues and worries but at least he knows it's very unlikely he's going to be king especially as um his brother has more kids mm -hmm. and what do you why do you think Kate's popularity has stayed the same because I would have thought now that it's come out that Kate was the one that made Meghan cry and because we're more you know quote-unquote aggressive or stronger um, so the white woman is, you know, the damsel in distress, the victim in any scenario. Um, so, yeah, that's probably why it has stayed the same. But even in, like, and just touching on, like, black women being strong and the damsel in distress, let's go back to, like, our favourite Disney stuff. When is, like, Beauty and the Beast, Snow White, they're always being saved. They're literally just lying there waiting to be saved. But when we had the Frog and the Prince, look how hard she was working. Princess Tiara was doing yeah, the most. She was this strong woman. And then she became a frog. Yeah. Wait, I, you know what? I've actually never watched that. I've never watched the program. Actually, you know what? I'm not saying it's not good. It's good, but just in the portrayal of black women, we'll always be strong. And then there's um, oh, what's the other one that um, Mulan? Mulan was out here fighting. <laughs> she was out here saving her country. So whenever it's like, wait, so these princesses that weren't basically damsels yeah. in distress, they were basically right from the beginning. They were saving themselves and everybody else. When it's like, when it's so even in like our children and our childhood stories that we grew up with black and ethnic minorities in 
the media is always strong and always surviving the hardest like our story seems to be always created with so much pain and so much struggle and then we rise above it and then we become stronger black girl magic duh, 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 duh. whereas like when you look at snow white beauty and the beast they're just this you know ha ah, and they ended up there and they fell in love and then they were saved <laughs> you know it's very like like situation but every time, like, even with this, like, um, whatever it is, there's always the struggle before, you know? Whereas, like, Snow White, she didn't do anything but be pretty. That was her problem. Yeah. yeah. She ate an apple and, to- and then she went unconscious. That's yeah. it. And then her man came and kissed her. Exactly. Yeah. And that theme, you know, runs early from childhood, but also consistently as we are growing older and up now, um, I've got nothing against Tyler Perry, but I feel like his movies, he really needs, you know, a fresh perspective because I'm sick to death of the same old predictable, boring narrative of the woman, the black woman in struggle life scenario. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I feel like that's why there's a lot of aversion towards Megan. It's like, how dare you? How dare you take the place of a white woman who's meant to be saved by Harry? How dare, you know, you think you're good enough to be in the royal family? Mm-hmm. You're, you're have this sort of you know princess fairy tale that's not for you you need to stay back in your rightful place the headlines about her straight out of compton the headlines about how she made some chicken which harry um basically you know loved and that's how she got his hand you know <laughs> that, yeah that's another crazy headline which we've never really touched on but basically about how she has this secret chicken recipe <laughs> Sorry. This is so clear. This is why I need to try and act obtuse and say that there's no racism. You know, every person in the royal family is um, critiqued by the press. Come on. I just think people that are saying that are really being foolish because you can't... It's quite clear that the level of hate this woman is getting is on a completely different level to anyone else. And I think anyone who's denying that is just, again, gaslighting. You want to make it seem like, oh, it's not a big deal. She's just complaining for no reason. But no. Literally since day one, she's literally just been attacked. Whilst I was watching the interview, um, I just thought to myself, imagine if she was like 100% black, like both black mum, black dad. I don't... I think... I feel like Harry's the sort of person who's very strong-minded and will do whatever he wants to do ultimately. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if this is what she's getting for being half black, me and my dad were saying whilst watching the interview... The fact that also as well they were concerned about Archie being too dark and mm-hmm. Megan, a light woman, even for by mixed race standards, she's quite yeah. light. I just yeah. want to touch on like colorism because um, you brought it up about Megan being like I was actually having a conversation about this whole Megan situation with someone and they were saying how a friend of theirs was like they couldn't, re- they didn't find that Megan represented black people. So this is coming from a black person. <laughs> basically being like she don't understand why black people are so like upset about this because Megan is not black or because she's so light Megan cannot actually represent what black women go through and I thought that was such a shame because even within us we are sidelining her struggle and her issue because she's light um, mm-hmm. which I think was really negative like was actually I just couldn't understand whether she's light or dark skin she's still being treated marginally different mm-hmm because she has some an ounce of blackness in her. And I also touched mm-hmm. on like how we've always limited representation to nothing but the colour of our skin. And-, and I'm not completely sure where I am on this, because I do feel that typically, um, as hard as it might be to admit it, typically to get into certain spaces, which 
a lot of the time they try and slam the door in our faces, they're a bit more open. So opening the door slightly, slightly for people who are half black, yeah. let's be honest. And it's not to discredit anyone such as Barack or Kamala or Meghan, but I think they also do need to acknowledge that they are are awarded some privilege and a bit more flexibility because of the fact that they're half black. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what you, you know that example? Oh, sorry, sorry, guys. Just to finish, Trevor Noah is mm-hmm. a good example of that because when I read his autobiography, he was very transparent about his privilege yeah. and he doesn't deny it at all. Mm, I no, definitely agree. And I think there's obviously there's there's no question that you do there are some level of like preferences um and a level of privilege when you are of a lighter tone. But I think that it doesn't help the black community if we also begin to uh, disalign them because of that privilege. Yeah. That's also another topic that was touched on when I don't know if you guys watched it, but um oh what's her name? Madam CJ Walker. Um that's yeah. another topic that was touched on because the other girl well, who she copied her recipe from was light skinned and it was she invalidated the girl's also black struggles because she was light. And I think sometimes when we do that, it's not very helpful to us as a community. Yeah, I think, do you know what, yeah, um, to touch on the whole light art and mixed race open door thing, you know that guy, Alex, um, on this morning, yeah. he's the weatherman, um, and he raised a really good point because I saw something on social media where he said, like, um, as being a mixed race person, and he he's experienced it personally and he feels like other mixed race people may have experienced it but he's found that certain white people feel more comfortable to say certain Mm -hmm. things to them that they wouldn't say to somebody who is fully black and I think that that speaks to what you're saying in that you know it's a little bit more marketable it's a little bit more um like accessible for them but then at the same time I get you know having like a first black president or having a first black thing is amazing but why, I don't think it might sound silly to say, but why do they need to represent all black people? Because realistically, like one black person can never represent all black people, even if it is a fully black person. Maybe mixed race people might feel that, oh, that doesn't represent me. Or maybe someone who is dark skinned might feel like, oh, that light skinned black person doesn't represent me or the other way around. Like, so I feel like we just need to celebrate in those achievements because it still is an achievement in and of itself. So I think it's a bit difficult because obviously like being the first black something people automatically apply it to all black people like oh yeah now that's clearly an opportunity for me but not all black people do I resonate with so it's a a tricky subject yeah and I think yeah it's definitely good to celebrate an achievement that's made by a half black person because I still think that's encouraging when Barack um, made president first in 2008 to be honest, I didn't even know it was half black at the time. <laughs> but I just remember seeing all the, you know, media um, coverage about it. And I was thinking, wow, that's amazing. Well done, Barrack. Um, when Camilla came in, obviously, by then, I was old enough to know that, yeah, she's not pretty black. Um, and it didn't take away from the achievement. But I think the remiss of me to pretend that I don't think that for people who don't find her representative, that they're not entitled to that opinion because there can be as we've all acknowledged, that preference for somebody who's a bit more marketable, a bit more palatable. And for some people, this doesn't show them representation. This shows them that you need to be a certain Mm -hmm. hue. Um, It's Mm going to be a hundred times more tricky if you are fully black. And I don't think you just take, you know, small crumbs and think that that's a win for them if it doesn't Mm -hmm. resonate with them. And I think not just us, but other people within the community who don't identify as fully black, that 
there's this privilege here. These people think that almost in a way, I think it goes back to divide and conquer. These people think that a certain group of us are better than others. And it's not to discredit anyone such as Barack or Kamala or Meghan, but I think they also do need to acknowledge that they are are awarded some privilege and a bit more flexibility because of the fact that they're half black. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what? Know you know that example. Oh, sorry. Sorry, guys. Just to finish, Trevor Noah okay. is a good example of that because when I read his autobiography, he was very transparent about his privilege yeah. and he doesn't deny it at all. Mm, I no, definitely agree, and I think there's obviously there's there's no question that you do there are some level of like preferences um, and a level of privilege when you are of a lighter tone. But I think that it doesn't help the black community if we also begin to uh, disalign them because of that privilege. Yeah. That's also another topic that was touched on when I don't know if you guys watched it, but um, oh, what's her name, Madam C J Walker. Um, that's yeah. another topic that was touched on because the other girl well, who she copied her recipe from was light skin and it was she invalidated the girl's also black struggles because she was light and I think sometimes when we do that it's not very helpful to us as a community yeah I think do you know what yeah um to touch on the whole light art and mixed race open door thing you know that guy Alex um on this morning yeah. he's the weatherman um, and he raised a really good point because I saw something on social media where he said, like, um, as being a mixed race person, and he he's experienced it personally, and he feels like other mixed race people may have experienced it, but he's found that certain white people feel more comfortable to say certain mm-hmm. things to them that they wouldn't say to somebody who is fully black. And I think that that speaks to what you're saying in that, you know, it's a little bit more marketable. It's a little bit more, um, like accessible for them but then at the same time I get you know having like a first black president or having a first black thing is amazing but why I don't think my sound silly to say but why do they need to represent all black people because realistically like one black person can never represent all black people even if it is a fully black person maybe mixed race people might feel that oh that doesn't represent me or maybe someone who is dark-skinned might feel like oh that light-skinned black person doesn't represent me or the other way around like so I feel like we just need to celebrate in those achievements because it still is an achievement in and of itself so I think it's a bit difficult because obviously like being the first black something people automatically apply it to all black people like oh yeah now that's an opportunity for me but not all black people do I resonate with so it's a a tricky subject yeah and I think yeah it's definitely good to celebrate an achievement that's made by a half black person because I still think that's encouraging when Barack um, made president first in 2008 to be honest, I didn't even know it was half black at the time. <laughs> but I just remember seeing all the, you know, media and um, coverage about it. And I was thinking, wow, that's amazing. Well done, Barrack. Um, when Camilla came in, obviously by then I was old enough to know that, yeah, she's not pretty black. Um, and it didn't take away from the achievement. How can we change that mindset together? Not by, you know, going against each other and attacking each other. How can we change that mindset together and let them know? If we let me into the door, that doesn't mean that the work is done that doesn't mean that other people who I know that you're a bit more opposed to should just sit silently and accept that I'm now there we need to work together to all be able to get into that door um so I feel like we're going off topic but that's my thought true it really is true and I think this is why it's also hard because I feel like um with mixed race people I think there's certain groups of mixed race people who they they even feel like they're not sure where they fit because 
they may not be accepted by white people fully because they've got that black, but then at the same time, black people are saying, well, you don't represent mm -hmm. me because you've got white in you as well. So I think it's it's a hard one because for me, I just feel like, I, I, I get what you're saying, that obviously certain people, they're not going to see that as representation. And I do understand why they might feel that way, but I guess for my, my, me personally, I think it's a step in the right direction at least. And I think it should be, some kind of encouragement at least okay cool the door's opening up to people of color at least and like um like this is you know maybe the inspiration that a little black girl might need to see oh actually okay so obama's president he's married to a black woman that means that i can get into the white house too like maybe i can do what i do you know what i mean like it's hopefully some kind of encouragement to to mean <clears throat> to inspire younger people to at least strive for those things and I think oh, do you know what I don't even know it's, that, it's a hard one to say because I do understand why people might feel that that's not representation but I don't think it should be completely like um, sorry guys I just what I actually just wanted to touch on it's not so much the re representation is important but I'm saying that what they were saying is because they didn't feel represented they then it then negated what you were saying no, oh, no, yeah, no, I don't agree with that at all. That's that's, <laughs> that's all the issue. Actual, like, <laughs> Sorry. I get that you feel that she doesn't represent you, that's okay. But that does not now mean that she's mm -hmm. just a cry for help. Because they were like, because you're lighter, you've obviously got this privilege to go into the family. So what are you crying for? That's kind of what I was getting from it, which I thought was problematic. Yeah, that is problematic because I think okay, yeah, you're in the family, but that's not <laughs> yeah. enough. I mean, sometimes as black people, like, we contradict ourselves. We say we want X, Y, Z, but then we want to just mm. accept the bare minimum. So mm. we say Megan got into the family. And even the way we say that, she got into the family as if, you know, she had to, you know, go through some <laughs> obstacle course. She earned her right into the family. Harry um, decided mm. to propose to her. I'm sure he had plenty of, you know, other options he could have gone for. He chose Megan. Mm. He wasn't forced. He decided to, you know, propose to her. She accepted. So yeah, she earned her position into the family, but that doesn't mean the work is done. That's, you know, the same argument that some people use when they want to say yeah. and silence us, say, oh, you know, you're, you're here now. Why are you complaining? You're playing the race car, da, 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 da. We wouldn't like if somebody non-black said that but then almost now we're using that as an argument it's true because i i really feel like colorism is playing a role here and uh, i know that the girl is mixed race yeah but they're still black here and like i feel like we're causing the problems ourselves because okay like let's say she was fully black but she was just light-skinned maybe people will still be saying the same thing like oh yeah but you're light-skinned so that's why you were able to get in but so what what should she do? That's what I was trying to say. Like it was quite it would it was just anybody, right, that can't just separate how they feel about Meghan Markle and the situation <laughs> bothers me because they're two very different things. <laughs> Who she is, how you feel about her is irrelevant. What she has mm -hmm. gone through, especially the mental health part, is so important. And it's so, so bad to not be able to see that just because you don't like someone. Regardless of whether you like someone or don't like someone, right is right and wrong is wrong. And I think we need to be able to always mm -hmm. look at things objectively because if we can't even accept the problem, how in, how on God's green earth do we find a solution if we both can't even mm -hmm. say this is what the issue is? Because then we'll, 20 years down the line, yeah. our children will be having the exact same conversation and that scares me. Mm -hmm. I think this 
situation, like you said, is very complex. There's a lot of different layers. There's, you know, not just the media, there's not just the institution, the firm, as they refer to it as the interview. There's the public perception. There's people who identify and more with the monarchy and, you know, have such strong views about upholding their legacy. There's people who relate with Meghan and Harry. And then there's people who relate with Meghan and Harry, but like you said, there's some black people who feel like Megan is in their representation. There's just so many different layers to it. And I think one of the main things that's just sticking out to me is as a black woman, I, I still refer to Megan as a black woman. I know she's half black, but in my opinion, that's still good enough for me to refer to her as a black woman. Mm-hmm. As a black woman, it's as if we can't rock the boat. We're meant to just sit in certain positions and just stay quiet. We you know, aren't entitled enough to have certain privileges. Um, We need to get on with things. We need to be strong. We need to keep our heads down. The bare minimum is good enough for us. And it stuck out to me in that interview. I know I'm going back to our first question. Was Harry being financially cut off? I was not ready for that one. I don't know what it was about being financially cut off that kind of shocked me. And another thing that really shocked me as well was the fact that, you know, when um, Archie was not going to be given the title, they presented in the news that this is what Harry and Kate wanted rather than the actual truth yeah. of the fact they didn't want to give them um they didn't want to give archie a title and the second one is when they left they made it look like they blindsided everybody but as both megan and harry said they had been in conversation for months before they actually left um so those two things is almost like what is um why i find it so weird that they the monarchy clearly the firm not the people the firm itself has enough power and enough influence on the media to be able to correct the news if it's wrong and not just let it like ripple and run wild so the fact that they didn't do that has me raised eyebrows all the way to the sky the second one is the like bullying accusations that happen to just come and be investigated just a couple of days before that interview us again eyebrows raised to the sky like hair whatever what did you say was hasn't gone down like the poll thing hasn't gone down i think it's gone, yeah hair, she's not very gone quiet down. so um people are just like you, you remember harry was like oh they're all trapped so it's almost like well she's trapped and there's not really anything she can do like she can't defend herself publicly so oh i feel so so i think her, the reason why her popularity has remained the same is people are like oh i feel so sorry for her because she actually can't speak up to her side of the story and all we know is megan's side of the story so maybe she's just being accused and she doesn't even have like the opportunities to defend herself and that's why her popularity is also like staying well, I don't think we can even say, oh, all we know is Megan's side of the story. I think this is a long time coming. All we've known is the crap that the media has been putting out. So I actually don't blame her for speaking up because nobody's correcting what's being said. And like you said, like <clears throat> the firm, they're not doing anything. But my question is, what are they doing? Because how are the media getting these stories oh, yeah, to start with? Little... Mm-hmm. And don't forget in the interview, there was actually a point where Harry was basically saying that Although people think the monarchy controls the media, the media also has a yeah. control over the monarchy. It's scary, the amount of power the media has. And I think another thing we haven't touched on is the editor of the society being like, the UK is not, um, the UK media is not bigoted. Oh, bigoted. Um, which, uh-uh. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> He's resigned yeah, now, actually. I was so confused. 
It's like, how dare you say that? Like, how can you be so blind to something that's right in front of you? But I, it's just so, like, you're actually choosing just to not listen to what people are saying because it's the people that are so vocal about it are white men who have come from very privileged backgrounds. You probably haven't really faced any form of discrimination in their life. So, and for me, it's like, they're just not even willing to listen. They don't want to hear the opinions of people who go against what they said. And going back to that Piers Morgan interview, Again, it's like you're constantly shouting over people. You can't hear what somebody is saying to you. Somebody who who, who has experienced mm-hmm. this thing, you're telling them it's wrong, it's not right. You're not listening to what they're saying. And actually, you're undermining her in um, like everything that she's saying. The thing I love about Dr. Chola is that, obviously, she is, um, she's quite strong and she always gets her opinion across very well, which I like. Um, but one thing that I didn't like that Piers was doing, he was really trying to undermine her. And even when he then went on to that other guy that was there, he was like, yeah, well, let's talk to Frederick or whatever his name was. He's got a Victoria Cross, as if to say that um, Shola's achievements are nothing. And it's like, so what? And that's a good example of a man who is in a, a position of privilege and refuses to listen to anything that's been said. And this whole, this stupid race bait in term, I, I just don't understand. <laughs> it's, such, it's such a hot topic for debate because the people that tend to argue against it are often, let's be honest, the perpetrators. You guys are the ones that are, are even being racist and saying these things and you're strongly arguing against it despite the fact you're not somebody that has experienced this thing or had this feeling or whatever like for me it's just just madness yes it is um right we should wrap up on that (laughs) note (laughs) um so yeah based on the interview um i think this has really shown two steps forward 10 steps back um Mm. just a couple of months ago about six months ago everyone was um an ally everyone was you know, putting out black squares on Instagram and they were all about Black Lives Matter. In the space of six months, seven months down the line, there's been a complete um, 180. Just goes to show how performative some actions really are and how we need to realise that the, the, the fight, in a, in a sense, it is a fight. The fight is not over. Um, and take everything with a grain of salt. That's my takeaway from this, yeah. really. Uh, I think I'll just say that... Um, People need to stop focusing so much on Harry and Meghan as like royal families and just as people with their own experiences. And I think once people stop linking, I know they're royals and I know like obviously you can't separate them and they're mutually exclusive or inclusive, whichever one it is. But stop focusing on whether you like Harry and Meghan and focus on what they're actually saying and what the problem is at hand. And then let's find a solution. True. I just think, again, people need to learn to bloody listen. That's my opinion. Like, if somebody is telling you something, we don't need to, like, psychoanalyze the whole situation. True. I just think, again, people need to learn to bloody listen. That's my opinion. Like, if somebody is telling you something, we don't need to, like, psychoanalyze the whole situation. Sometimes they're saying it because that's what they've experienced and that's it. There's no hidden agenda. They're just trying to share their their opinion. And I think people, especially people who haven't actually experienced this thing that someone is talking about, should listen before forming any kind of opinion. You need to listen. People listen to respond. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fact. 
Uh, mic drop. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. That's it for today. I've been Lola. I've been Paula. And I've been Jane. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.